to the September episode of the Waterlog Podcast. My name is Dan Janolfi. And I'm Howard Marlowe. Thanks very much to Coastal News Today and the American Shoreline Podcast Network for hosting us. Given that uh, this time of year, Congress is out of session. We have uh, another week until both uh, the House and Senate return. Um, we're just going to have a, a light conversation here to talk about the administration, uh, any future changes we might be able to anticipate, uh, and we'll go from there. So Sounds let's get good. started. Sounds good. A couple of broadcasts ago, uh, we talked about the unrest and we showed uh, that was going on in D.C. And then we showed uh, noise, perhaps, I don't remember whether it got on there or not. But we don't have quite uh, the same level of unrest here in D.C., but there are several places in the country, and it strikes me that it is a time of significant unrest. Again, back in the day, when you look back even just to the 80s, um, we used to look at summer as a time for unrest, and it would usually be related to precisely what it's related to now. It wouldn't be shootings necessarily, but it would be basically on the issue of uh, Black Lives Matter. Again, a term that wasn't invented then, but same, same thing, civil rights, all of that. So it's still going on, and I think it's important to, for folks to remember that gains uh, that have been made have been incremental gains, but uh, the fact that they're just incremental just doesn't mean that they're not worth anything. And there are more gains being made now with everything from basketball games, baseball games, or whatever, not being played to other things going on. But one has to hope that this uh, unrest will die down because, as well as the shootings that are, you know, instigating them, uh, because it's just an awful time right now. I find the news right now is a little strange in terms of what, what's being covered. Um, I think there is a good amount of coverage for the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, media. I think the reason I bring that up is because I know, look, looking back at some of the hurricanes that we had, it doesn't seem like Laura is getting the same coverage that yeah. other other hurricanes have gotten in the past. I know there's so much going on in our nation right now between the pandemic and and you know the civil unrest and all those you know all the things that are going on. But there's a massive amount of damage down there. So yeah. of course we're focused on that because this is what our show is about. But um, I just think that what's what's being covered on the news right now is just uh, it's it's, I mean it's always a yeah, little some, crazy. But some it, people would say it's fanning the flames of the unrest, and I think all news tends to do that because whatever is sensational, is newsworthy. Now, why the hurricane damage from that, which is certainly sensational, to Lake Charles and all the area that was hit, uh, you know why it didn't get the coverage, I don't know. Uh, it, it seems to me that uh, we need to pay attention to that. We've been missed by a hurricane uh, that, you know, scooted off offshore. We've got a couple others that are possibly coming our way, probably more. Yep, this is, I mean, this is prime, prime time right now. Today, today is September 1, so... So we're in the prime time for hurricanes. Yeah. And, and so, you know, keep a watch out, folks. But uh, we're in a prime time now also at September 1 for campaigns to start, mm -hmm. presidential campaigns, congressional campaigns. Uh, since somebody asked me the other day, I just need to repeat that one-third of the Senate is up every two years. So your senator or one of your senators may be up uh, for election and um, all the members of the House. 
and obviously president, vice president, and whoever else may be on the ballot. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, you know, focus on, uh, I think we ought to focus on, you know, what changes might occur under a new administration. We certainly can hope that maybe some attention is paid to the coast. We've got to be able to do something which um, gets attention paid to the coast. If you're a coastal advocate and listening, the word infrastructure doesn't mean coast up here in Washington. It, it means highways. It Bridges, means, yeah, roads. Exactly. And even if it means water, it doesn't mean what we're thinking of. No. You know, there's a lot of concern about erosion and flooding on the coast. There's concern then, of course, about sea level rise, global warming. So whatever way you want to slice that, those things are not being discussed here in Washington. And they have got to be issues which are very important to the new administration, whatever it is. To the new Congress, we're going to have members of Congress who are going to change. It looks like there's going to be quite a bit of change in the House and particularly the Senate. So, you know, go now. Start speaking up now. You know, get your fingers ready to do all the emailing and all the work that needs to be done and the organizing in your communities to make that a, a, a prime topic. And I think that would, that's critical. And of course, vote. Yes. And vote. Register and vote. A lot of states have done more on mail-in ballots. I registered a long time ago when that pandemic started. I said to uh, the state of Maryland, where you know you and I both live, I said, "Register me for re mail-in ballots for the rest of this year." I wasn't taking any chances, and thank goodness, you know that's the way it's been. Or bad, actually. I don't want to thank anybody for what's happened, but the fact is that uh, you know I'm registered, and I, I will get a ballot and I will mail it in. And there'll be more mail-in uh, drop, where you can drop in your things if you don't trust the mail, postal service, and all the, see, this is a great time for conspiracies and all. <laughs> a lot of it fomented by stuff that's going on out of the White House. But, okay, put it aside. Register, vote. This is the time to do it. If you haven't done it by the end of September, a lot of times you're going to be start missing deadlines, and you're not going to be able to do that. So, a real important thing to do. I think uh, in the next administration, I don't know, what would you look forward to most, Dan? I think uh, certainly my generation is heavily focused on climate change, um, is heavily focused on reimagining the the kind of uh, approach we have towards coastal resilience. It's, it's, I mean, these are all the things that we've talked about for, for weeks now, is how everything's done on, on the backside, on the, uh, you know, post-disaster. I think we need... Uh, this leads me right into a point I was going to make a few minutes from now. I'll just say it now. This administration put zero dollars in the budget proposal for Coastal this year. Mm -hmm. It's the first time that's happened in, yeah. in certainly a very long time. And it just goes to show, I mean, that, that's it's a priority list is what that is. The president's budget is somewhat, somewhat of a priority list. Yeah, it yeah. is. And um, Congress, uh, FEMA has this BRIC program, which is a grant program. And if you don't know about it, BRIC you know, uh, definitely look at it. Uh, it's, it is a disaster mitigation program, but it's, you know, it's pissant money. Well, it's, it's limited by, you know, by amount it can appropriate uh, per state. And, you and know, the, it's, the, the states, it, is this only $500 million? Yeah, I think that's so. Good. So basically, and then you're a sub-applicant if you're a local community or a county and applying through the state. It's a lot of steps you have to go through. 
my hope would come, would be rather that the day would come that the federal government starts providing what it did last under Tricky Dick Nixon, direct aid to local governments for coastal resilience. And they, they will use it. Yes. <laughs> the fact of the matter is they know that coastal communities have a better idea of what they need now. They've done, uh, you know, I've, I just printed out for Santa Barbara, California, all of its plans for what it wants to do for resilience. It's not alone. I could print out for a lot of communities, East Coast, West Coast, Great Lakes are doing them, Gulf Coast, certainly. They need the money. They have FEMA-approved plans. Yeah. I mean, they're ready to go. Talk about shovel-ready projects. They just need funds. And I think that if you could get the federal government to be providing money directly to local governments and try to cut down the amount of paperwork, and I know that that's probably a tooth fairy dream because federal grants are always that, you know, filled with a lot of requirements. But the bottom line is if you cut out the middlemen along the way, uh, you're able to just get the money to the people who need it most. So I would hope that they would start that and just try it. Do a pilot test and get that started because then you start to see the local governments, as you said, shovel ready and they've got good ideas. They know what can be done, and they'll find out. Some cases, some of the things they may tr try may be better than others. Some of them may not work out perfectly. That's okay. And I think this works out particularly well also for disadvantaged communities. You know, yes. even just to bring this full circle in terms of getting money to local governments and, and you know, the race challenges we see, a lot of disadvantaged communities are communities of color, and particularly along the coast. And they have disadvantaged even parts of communities. So you take any community, I'm just going to pick up Miami Beach for a moment. Uh, and, and not for just because it, it's so large. They have areas which are wealthier than others. They have areas that are historically black areas. And so therefore, will the historically black areas be factored into their programs? This is, you know, there's both economic and racial justice that has to come out of. These areas of lower income, whether, whether they have racial differences or not, they have higher rates of flooding. They, they actually are, uh, this was a New York Times article I, I read recently, I believe it was New York Times. You know, they do a lot of their good infographs on, yeah. on a lot of their, uh, their articles. And, mm -hmm. and it showed how some areas uh, in the city are up to 20 degrees hotter because wow. they don't have trees, they have black pavement, they have, you know, all sorts of features that just soak up heat. Whereas you look towards wealthier communities, they have a lot of tree cover, they have a lot of grass, they have, you know, white paved streets and things like that. So, you know, all these things tie into climate change and it just, it, it really impacts disadvantaged communities more than, uh, it's, there's just that, huge discrepancies. And that is where the federal government, particularly in the long term, looking ahead, long term, the federal government is there to even out those kinds of things where otherwise, you know, give a community, let's just pick a million dollars for a moment, it's kind of a small amount when you look at what's needed, but give it a million dollars and it will first respond to those who speak out loudest, those who are producing perhaps the areas where there's more tourism. It's going to be a wealthier area. Well, if we did that, okay, so fun projects in New York, LA, Chicago, and Miami, and let's forget about the rest of the nation. Exactly. And no, that's not going to work. No. I think the, uh, there have been articles written on who gets left out under climate uh, resilience uh, when we look at the current state of things, where we look at how local communities would allocate funds. 
and you have to even that out with the federal government getting involved. I think that's important. I, I think we can't forget that because if we're looking to get community involvement, we were talking uh, not that long ago to a, uh, on a, um, a Zoom call to a community uh, committee of a local government. And there were members, black and white members on there, and they represented different parts of the community. And you could see that they were coming up, well, is it just going to, things that you're talking about, just going to benefit that first line only? What is our benefit going to be? Right. We're going to get more access to the coast if you do that? Will it be for us and for right. as well as for everybody? I think that's, it's not easy, folks, but it is important. You know, what, what gets done has to be done for everyone in the community because then you'll have everybody behind it, everybody writing those letters, everybody speaking up. And that means more likely that you're going to get results, I think. So anyway, I think we have a lot to look forward to. And I think uh, if we do have a change in administration, uh, and particularly if we have a change in the Senate, uh, as well as a change in administration, then it's going to be an opportunity to do things. They don't have to be wild things. They, have, they can be things which are well thought out, and I think local communities have done a lot of that. So I hope they get money. Yep. We've got a little bit of turnover at the, uh, you know, at core, at, uh, within the core, so yeah. we'll see if that has any parallel with the administration, and um, not to say that those two are connected, but they're just simultaneously happening. Yeah, perhaps so. they wouldn't have to put so much attention into building uh, the, war, the wall and the border wall. And if you look at the Corps of Engineers website, I mean, they're part of the Defense Department, which is part of the administration, so I understand. You know, about the first thing that's accomplished uh, is a border wall. Um, I'd like them to put all of their attention on dealing with the problems of each region of the country. Coast right now is the smallest part of the Corps' budget. I mean, it's infinitesimal. So, you know, the President puts nothing in the budget, and maybe Congress comes up with, maybe if we're lucky, $150 million out of even the Corps' measly $7 billion budget. To you and me, seven billion sounds like a lot. In the federal government sense, it's nothing. It's not. It's not enough for an agency, let alone the coast, to come up with 150 million. So, think of those numbers to local activists. Get involved. Do you understand that those things make a difference? And we hope that uh, next time when we talk to you, that um, Congress will be back and we'll be able to talk to you about all of the great things that they're doing. We're eager to hear if you guys have any thoughts on what you'd like to see in the next administration. Feel free to shoot us a note, dan at waterlog.net or howard at waterlog.net. We'd like to hear from you. It'd be good. Uh, I have a LinkedIn account. Dan has a LinkedIn account. Uh, let's see how many followers. We'll do a competition for it and see how many followers we can get. But anyway, uh, we'd love to hear from you, I think is the most important thing. Yep. Go ahead and connect. Um, that's all we've got for today. So thanks very much again to Coastal News Today and the American Shoreline Podcast Network, and we'll be back with you in October. Take care. Bye-bye.